All right. 9.07 tonight will be first pitch of the Dodgers Giants. Tell me the truth. NLDS. You going to make it? The whole game? Oh, it'll be sixth inning. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be Friday. <laughs> By the sixth inning. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch this one. I'll well, watch this one. Yeah, I'll watch thing. this one. Yeah, I watch so most. When I'm texting you at at twelve forty five, and 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 Dave Roberts has went to no. his. I I have fifth a fifth pitcher. No, I have a rule. And our friend Jeff Azaparty understands the reason for this. I have a rule that uh, I do not text or tweet after eleven. Huh? Because uh, I can't remember what trade it was. The Jays made some trade. And as the party and I were well into our cups, I mean, we, I don't know, it was like the sixth Guinness or something like that. And the trade was made. It was, it was at uh, Finn's just up the street. And, uh, and, and I, you know, I, for some reason I thought, I I need to say something about this. So I tweeted something out and I'm, I'm not going to repeat the tweet, but it was complete 100% utter BS. And I had no idea why I did it. Well, I know I did it because I was, I was shickered. I mean, I was just, I was like a, just a blob. It was a, I was a blob of Guinness on a table. Just like, like that. Yeah. Just a blob of blubbery Guinness. Mm. So as a result of that, I just decide at 11 o'clock, that thing's off. It's done. I'm not sending out anything about anybody mm. at so, all. So I'll talk World to you about world could 11. end. I don't care. I'll talk to you about 11:45 on text. <laughs> 11. <laughs> no, don't text me. Don't text me. But I, I watch it. I admit, when there's four games on during the day, I'm probably not staying up for every pitch of the last game. But just I'm, I'm probably uh, not. This one though, I will because. I like watching. Well, I love it when the Dodgers, when the Dodgers, the Cubs, or the Red Sox get their ass kicked in. You know, an angel gets their wings. Every time it happens, another angel gets their wings, right? So I like being able to watch, and, and I will stay up late to watch that in the playoffs. Like regular season, with all due respect, not there's no chance in hell that this is happening. I just, I, it's, it's, and something's going to happen. In the wee hours of the night. Yeah, this is good. This That's something's gonna happen. This feels like something's gonna happen. This this feels why did you do that? Like something exactly. Why did you do that? This feels like something's gonna happen and we're gonna be going, what the hell? Yeah. Uh the managers of the Dodgers and Giants did their media availability yesterday. We'll be joined by Sean Estes uh at eleven thirty to take a deeper dive into the Giants. It's a team that I really feel we haven't talked about enough. But Dave Roberts, Barker and I talked about this a little bit before we went in the show about Logan Webb and just what an odd, he's an odd dude, first of all, but he's also an odd pitcher. There's a lot going on with Logan, with Logan Webb. And, and Dave Roberts was asked yesterday about his team's approach today against Logan Webb. And this is, and, and, and Kevin found this particularly interesting. So Lance, I want to play the clip of Dave Roberts and uh, get Kevin to, uh, to jump in off that. Dave, I know um, you talked about after game one, 
wanting your hitters to have different clubs in their bag when they were facing Logan Webb. What do you believe they've taken away from seeing him the first time and the adjustments that they may make tomorrow night? Um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, you look at what Webb's done to us and obviously he, he's thrown the baseball really well against us. And I think it just goes back to uh, that big part of the field mindset. Um, he's got really good stuff. You know, the ball has a lot of action. Um, and when he's right, he has really good command. And even, even when he's not, the ball kind of moves a lot. Um, so I think it's just the idea of staying short, uh, use a big part of the field because, um, you know, most guys really, he doesn't give up a whole lot of slug. So to kind of play for the slug is just a bad approach. All right, Kevin, talk to me about that because it is interesting that, well, as a former player, yeah. walk me through Logan Webb. Because I said there's a lot going on there. There's yeah. a lot of kind of weird stuff. Walk me through Logan yeah, Webb. Well, well, he's a he's a sinker slider changeup guy. He does it for, from a, a three-quarter arm angle. You know, m- most sinker ball guys, you want to get on top of that. You want to have good finish to it. You want to pronate it. You're you're basically trying to drive down where it has tunneling, and in that last second, it has more sink than run to it. Well, he gets on the side of it. He got that little three-quarter arm angle, and that's how he creates that deception of the the changeup looks like the sinker, the the slider looks like the sinker until the last minute, and it's going one direction or the other. Look at that. You know, the last 21 starts. What he's he's. He's got how many? I, the, the stats that I saw. The last 21 starts, he's got 135 strikeouts and 22 walks. Just that stat along there. You know, the ERA in the last 21 starts is 2.25. He's not going to give up a bunch of runs. He's not going to walk anybody. He's going to be around the plate. He's an east to west guy. Now, now Dave Roberts didn't mention east to west in that little scrum there that he was talking about. But he is an east to west guy. He's not a north to south guy. He wants to make it look like a strike, get you to chase, get weak contact. And he feeds off of big swings. That's the point Dave's trying to make is if you don't stay in the big part of the field and have direction with your barrel and with your bottom hand. Now, your bottom hand's your steering wheel. Your steering wheel has to have good, solid direction. That means short and quick. That doesn't mean out and around. That doesn't mean hitting to the ballpark. That doesn't mean hitting to where the wind's blowing. Can't do that against this guy. You have to aim big. Big is both sides of his. Use his ears as your direction. You want to go, you know, left center, right center. That's both of his ears. You don't want to get right field line, left field line. That's too much. That's too big of a target. You want to keep it, you know, big part of the field. That keeps your direction. That keeps you short and quick. That gets you in an athletic position. That keeps you connected. And that keeps you in the strike zone. Because that's what he's feeding off of. And when he feeds off that and he gets in a groove doing that, he gets the same arm slot coming out of that. And he can tunnel those pitches. He's very hard to string together hits. And he doesn't give up homers. That's... That's the, that's the thing Dave's talking about. Easier said than done. This is why he's almost unhittable right now because of location. It's rare that you see – I look back to tape of, of the last five starts. Rarely you see him hang a slider. You know, most sinker ball guys a lot of the times early in games don't have the feel of the sinker because it needs to come off the fingers. And you'll see occasionally they'll hang a sinker or they'll hang a slider. Or they'll leave a 84-mile-an-hour changeup elevated, and that's something you can get out in front of. You can pull that. You can create backspin, and you can do some damage that way. He hasn't been doing that. That's why he's been so tough, and that's why Dave says, as a team, as a whole, 
Don't get big. Don't get sexy. Don't try and go back like City on this guy. If you do, he's going to wear us out. All right, this this guy is, is a, we're talking a 24-year-old, well, it's 24 and 330 days-year-old, to be honest, uh, right-hander. Um, he's going to become the youngest pitcher in Giants history to start a winner-take-all postseason. You mentioned the numbers. Uh, I mean, he's undefeated. 13 starts at Oracle Park. He's 7-0 with an ERA of 1.78. Oh. This I, I know that you always talk about graduation games. And I know that you have a specific idea of what makes an ace. This guy's, like I said, he's he's less than 25 years old. The numbers are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talked about how hard is stuff, just how difficult it is to face this guy. Um, is he the guy guy that can be an ace going forward? Is there enough there you're seeing from him that, yeah. that he's going to be a guy? Yeah, well, he's got to do it for me. You know, back-to-back years, two or three years in a row. That you know, there's a handful of aces in baseball. P- people like to throw the ace word around. Mm-hmm. You know, real quick. There's a handful of those. There's a bunch of number ones. Right now, he's a number one. If you're the Dodger, or if you're the the, the Giants, and you're a fan of the Giants, this is one thousand percent the guy you want on the mound, especially against a team who you know relies on thump. They they like to leave the yard. They're like a lot of teams who. You know, a lot of the times can't string together a bunch of hits in a row. They they rely on a bloop and a bomb, a, a double and a gap, and then somebody backspinning something. And this guy plays to that Oracle Park. You know, I played in that. It's cold this time of the year. It's cold most of the time in, in San Francisco in that park. The wind blows odd ways. It's very hard for a hitter to go in there and go. You know, the first thing I did when I was a hitter, when I was trying to hit, and most good hitters, they'll walk out before the game starts, they'll grab a, a blade of grass, they'll throw it in the air. Well, you do it in that park the first inning, it's blowing one way. You do that in the third inning, it's blowing a different way. So it's a different approach for – and the hitters rely on that. They yeah. they don't want to hit to, to a certain part of the park when the wind's blowing 1,000 miles an hour. And this guy, Logan Webb, uses that to his advantage. He knows if he can establish the arm slot, that weird three-quarter – it's just an odd place for a sinker baller to have an arm angle. And that's deception. He, he does that. He's – Figured a way to mechanically stay connected, which is what they talk about a lot with him. He stays connected, and he can create that arm angle and get it in that slot all the time, and he plays to that park. That's why you you mentioned those numbers, how good he is there. It's impossible to get the ball in the air off of him. It's This is a, it's a tall order. Urias is going to have to match him and match him and match him and match him. And Dave Roberts, is, when when Urias is done, is going to have to continue to match. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be, for me. It's going to be one nothing, two to one, three to two, that kind of game in the eighth and ninth inning. And it's going to be turned over to a bullpen. And it's that better defensive team. It's that better manager who goes to the right arm when it, when that situation comes to fruition. Gabe Kapler, the manager of the Giants, was asked about how he planned on using his uh, his his pitching, and this is this is what he had to say, Lance. Yeah, considering you have so many relievers available, and you have Gosman potentially available, Wood potentially available, how do you manage a game with an off day before, off day after, uh, aggressively while also knowing like maybe giving those guys some room to work? I don't think there's um, there's no like script on on how to manage in those situations. In my opinion. Uh, my opinion is that just like we did during the regular season, we're going to watch our starting pitcher and listen to the cues that he gives us. Um, in this case, it's Logan Webb. Have conversations with Buster because he's got such a great perspective. 
we'll be watching from the dugout and, and, and check on if he's able to stay in his delivery. Is his stuff still moving the way it normally does? Is the, the velo still there? So kind of the, the characteristics that would make you think he's still got, he's got um, something left in the tank. And then the game is going to kind of dictate who comes in next and you know what matchups we're looking for. But the one thing that I can share is that we do feel like we have plenty of options. So this is sort of going back to the earlier question. Um, it's just nice to know that in a game five scenario, everybody's going to be available, everybody's going to be strong, everybody's going to be wanting the baseball. What about Susan? Uh, Gabe. That was Gabe Kapler, uh, manager of the Giants. And and that's, that's probably... It, the thing he, he mentioned that I've wondered about, Kevin, and I'm sure if we asked... I, I'm, I'm looking at the catchers left in the, in the postseason right now. Martin Maldonado, Christian Vasquez, uh, uh, Travis Darno, Buster Posey, mm-hmm. and I'm drawing a blank on the Dodgers catcher. Will right. Smith. Thank you. Uh, but the point is, in a couple of those c- cases, we're talking about veteran guys, in the case of Buster Posey, maybe the most veteran guy around. With everything that goes into a decision now about uh, a pitching change, mm-hmm. it is kind of refreshing to hear a manager mention that one of the things he's going to do is he's going to rely on his on his catcher as yeah. well, well to, not every- to, to get a read on. Now, not everybody, not no. everybody's Buster Posey, uh, yeah, but I've got to think that the similar conversations. I I know. Like Dusty Baker and Martin Maldonado talk an awful lot, and Brett Strom, the pitching coach, talk an awful lot between innings. You see the the, the shot shot of them over there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think that teams still rely on catchers' input when it comes to making pitching decisions? They better. They better well, who, what? Who better to ask than the guy catching it? What's the stuff look like? It's interesting to me that that Gabe said his velocity. Sinker ball guys, uh, velocity is not the thing that you, you really pay attention. Well, yeah, because mo- mo- most if you're overthrowing a sinker, it's not sinking. And, yeah. and it just, it's one, you know, the adrenaline early in the game, the game, the, the, the game five thing of who you're doing it against, you're at home. It's just interesting to, to hear him talk about that kind of stuff. You know, it's a, I, I think there's going to be a lot of thinking. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Logan Webb, if he just goes out there and you can tell it's free and easy, he's not doing a lot of thinking. He's get he's efficient. Uh, he's going to make this a no-brainer for Gabe Kapler. That's what I said. This is going to come down to the two managers. When do you like what again? It gets back to that thing. If Logan Webb is just dominating the Dodgers, but they're losing two nothing, one nothing. Do you leave him in, or do you go to your pen? It's National League, remember? Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, and, and and the big strength of the, of the Giants was pinch hitting all year. Now this time of the year. It's not because of who you're facing, and, and other teams, especially the Dodgers, know that. They know who can leave the yard and what, how you pitch to them and where you got to get them out and, you know, the park, the playing to the park, pitching to the park, all those things come into play. But, yeah, I just – man, it's – this time of the year, I, I think you, you look at the players, how much pressure there is on the players, and then you think about the manager. Just Gabe – Gabe, you know, if you listen to Gabe talk, and I did, I listened to that whole scrum that he had – he thinks a lot. <laughs> like it's like there's no gut. No, we taught no. There's there, really no gut. He, he's had the gut. He's had well, there isn't, if you've seen the dude work out, there literally isn't uh, a gut yeah. in Gabe Kapler. Literally. That, sorry, that's horrible, but it but it's true. Yeah. 
Um, you know, the dude is, he, I was thinking about him and Tyler O'Neill in the weight room would be, would be, would be a fascinating yeah. thing to see. Uh, but yeah, he's, Gabe Kapler, I mean, he had the gut, he had the gut sort of beaten out of him in Philadelphia, to be he honest. Did. Yeah, he did. And uh, that's not his, his reputation as, as, as a yeah. guy who is really going to rely on analytics. But uh, that's why I, you know, we'll have Sean Estes on and, and, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna be intrigued to hear his answer to that because is there a more old schoolish catcher than Buster Posey? I think Buster Posey's been around forever. Buster or, Posey's or, won bazillion World Series rings and individual titles, and I just wonder how a guy like that meshes with a guy like Gabe Kapler. Or how about you just watch what's right in front of you and you let the players determine the outcome of the game? He's he's got veteran guys who've been there, done it before, who have won World Series. Yeah, that's... I mean, I mean the, the analytics. Yeah, you take. I would have loved to have analytics when I was playing that could have told me to to back off a little and not have to take two billion swings in a batting cage. Yeah, that would have been a big benefit to me. But experience, you can't teach that. Who has more experience than the two teams they're playing today? And if you're the two managers of these two teams. Go up to a Buster Posey and say, "What's the sinker look like? Yeah, how's the slider tunneling? Is the changeup got good movement? What's the velocity on that? What's the hitter telling you? Are they moving their feet to 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 you know go against what he's doing? You know that that for me is you you just can't you can't teach that and it's quite frankly it's a benefit to everybody that's on those teams to walk up to guys who have been there done it before and are seeing it right in front of them get all the information you can from them that'll make your decision that much easier that way after a game i remember we'll forget gibby telling me this I, I occasionally gibby would do things just so he didn't have to answer the question after the game well gabe cavern go up after the game and go well so why'd you do that because buster told me buster posey told me to do it that's why i did it uh are you surprised at all that you look at Buster Posey. Now, here's a guy who's, you know, he's not young. Uh, he's got a ton of miles on him. He's caught a lot. Yeah, he's played some first base as well. And, and you know, there have been some load. I mean, the Giants were doing load management with Buster Posey before we knew what load management was. Yeah. They, they, they just were. But the guy that took a year off last year and comes back this year, hits 304, which... I'm just looking now. He was a 320 hitter in 2017. Hit 304 with 18 homers. I mean, he's right on. Hit hit. Buster Posey takes a year off, comes back, hits 304. His career average is 302. Hits 18 homers. His career average is 19. He he strikes out 87 times this year. His career average is 85. Buster yeah. Posey takes a year off, comes back, and has. A Buster Posey season. Are, are we making a big enough deal about that? I think. Yeah. Look, I, I think old habits are hard. And the year before, you know, he, he hit 257 the year before with seven homers. He played 114 games. Yeah, he, I, that that's that's the thing you need to look at. He played 113 games this year. He had 395 at bats. They did a really good job of when he needed a little day off. Because they knew, you know, by the All-Star break, they had a really good team. They were going to need Buster to play meaningful games and be productive. And the only way you do that, you got to back him off a little bit. You got to, you know, you, you give him a little extra time when you have to do that just to get the best out of him because he's the quarterback of this team. Quite plain and simple. Crawford may be the other guy, but mm. when Buster Posey comes out in front of the plate and puts some hands up to tell everybody where to stand, people are standing there. Yeah. And that's... 
that you got to tip your hat to the organization, to Gabe Kapler. You talk all the time about keeping people on the field with the Blue Jays. Give Charlie credit. Well, maybe, maybe when it comes to these playoff teams and making long runs, the guys that matter the most, that's who you give the the manager credit to for just listening to the the experienced guy, giving him time when he needs time to not only get his best physical ability, but his best mental ability. And that, for me, this time of the year is the most. I played a bunch of, of winter ball games when the crowds were nuts. You've been there, Dominican. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy there. And the mental part of it's the hard part to catch up to. It's not the physical part. You've done enough. You know enough about you, yourself, physically to get you where you need to go. It's the mental part of it. How do you just sort of erase all that other stuff that's going on and just focus on what you're trying to do? And Give the organization for the Giants credit. They got Buster Posey exactly where they wanted to get him to. Yeah, and uh, again, Buster Posey didn't play last year, uh, opting out during the COVID-19 pandemic, and maybe it was simply a ma- Maybe that's simply it. You know, at the age of 33, had a whole year off. It's, you, know, you know, he's smart enough to figure out how to, how to stay in shape. Yeah. And, and maybe that's just it. He, he comes back fresh, but I, I just find it remarkable that a dude can take a year off, especially because you know what? the type of game baseball is right the especially offensively you you have to the skills can go fast yeah. when the skills start to deteriorate deteriorate they can go fast and if you look at his two previous years leading up to this year his two previous full-time years this is a remarkable turnaround i mean his 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 ops is 889 that's the best he had. The best OPS he's had since since he was twenty five in two thousand and twelve. Yesterday, just- yesterday you heard Logan Webb talking about uh, his game and and how he pitched in his first start against the Dodgers and hit the the little phrase that came out of his mouth that I sort of raised ear to was it was all Buster Posey. He's the reason why I got through that. He's the reason why I'm I'm going where I'm going when it just comes to length of game, how quality it is, the stuff is playing, the sequencing, all those kind of things. When something's not working, how do you get through it till it is working? And it's all Buster Posey. And remember, a 24-year-old is throwing today for the San Francisco Giants in the biggest game of the year for them. The All the pressure for me is on the guy standing behind the plate putting the fingers down and getting him through early the game, that slowing the heartbeat down. You need that guy that's been there, done it before, and it's Buster Posey. Sean Estes is a San Francisco Giants TV analyst, former Major League pitcher. He is very familiar with Buster Posey, very familiar with that team. He'll join us next. You're listening to Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Nine oh seven tonight on Sportsnet will be first pitch, Game Five, Dodgers and Giants from Oracle Park. The winner goes on to face the Atlanta Braves in the National League Championship Series. It starts Saturday. If the Dodgers win, the series is in Atlanta. It starts in Atlanta. If the Giants win, the Giants just get to go home and sleep in their own beds. Mm. The series starts Saturday at uh, at Oracle Park. How many name changes that park's gone through? It was Pac Bell at one point. Mm-hmm. I still, I, not as much as Oakland. Oakland used to change their park name like some people change socks. It's a beautiful park. Oracle. Oracle's love. It's Oracle. beautiful. Uh, Oracle and uh, Pittsburgh are my two favorite parks. Really? Pittsburgh's great. Oracle's, Oracle's tremendous. 
You are right, though. The the weather is interesting at Oracle Park. I like any park that's in the big leagues when I play. <laughs> Much preferred to Pawtucky, huh? What? 1030. Every time you say Pawtucky, it, it, it just reminds me of 1030 games and kids and dropping down the, the string with the bucket with the cards in it and which is cool. I, you know, I, I tried to sign as many, you know, me, I try to try to, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a You're man, man of the people. people. I exactly. sure am, but it's 1030. <laughs> like, They're trying to be no, nice to all the no, school kids no, there at the 1030 game. Yeah, yeah, no, nobody's trying to, supposed to try and lay off a, a slider at 1030 in the morning. No, 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 absolutely not. Those are the games that you would get ejected from. I tried as quick as I could. And then, and then umpire started catching on, especially the veteran guys who knew me. They say, uh, if I got to be in this thing, <laughs> you are too. If I got to be out here, you got to be out here as well. Uh, we mentioned 907 is the first pitch tonight, Giants and Dodgers. Let's bring in Sean Estes. He is a San Francisco Giants studio analyst, former major league pitcher. Sean, thanks for joining uh, Kevin Barker and myself. We, we trust that you're doing well. I mean, there's a lot we want to talk to you about when it comes to the Giants, but I want to start with Buster Posey because we were having this conversation between ourselves just before the break. And I was going over Buster Posey's offensive numbers, and I was kind of laughing that if if you look at Buster Posey's 162-game average, this year is very close to his average year in terms of batting average, home runs, and things of that nature. It's a great year for him in terms of OPS. Now, I'm just wondering if we should be surprised that a guy could take a year off, as he did last year, opting out because of COVID-19, you know, he took a year off after a couple of years that may not necessarily have been the greatest Buster Posey years. And, and then, Sean, he comes back and he's like, he's 24 again. Can, mm. can you explain that to me? Well, he's healthy. Uh, I, I think you should be surprised because, you know, it doesn't happen very often. You know, where a guy in his mid-30s all of a sudden has this, like, just resurgence in his career where he, you know, reverts back to his, his 24-year-old self. Um, so yeah, it, it is a little bit of a surprise. I think the biggest thing with Buster though is, is, is his health. And when he has his legs under him, you know, and he had the hip issue and he's got other issues. I mean, he's a catcher. I mean, that, that's what happens. You have, you have leg issues, you know, over the course of your career, but, but that year off, I think really helped him just get back to a hundred percent physically. And then coming into this season, there was definitely, um, you know, a conversation had in spring training between Kapler and Posey about how do we keep him fresh, you know, and, and Buster had to be on board with that because there was a plan laid out from day one. Buster was going to, he wasn't going to catch three days in a row. He wasn't going to catch day game after a night game. And they stuck to that. And there was games this season where everybody wanted to see him face Madison Bumgarner for the first time, you know, against, you know, in a head-to-head matchup uh, since Bumgarner, you know, left the Giants. And it came on a day. It was a day game after a night game. And Gabe Kaplan says, I don't care about the nostalgia of all that. Buster's sitting. You know, we, we need Buster in September and, and hopefully into the playoffs. And, and here they are. And he's catching every day now. But he's able to do that because of, because of the workload that he had during the season. And he wouldn't even qualify, you know, to be to win a batting title based on the amount of bats that he did have. But the bottom line is, is they wanted the best version of Buster Posey they could get, and that's the way they did it. And so nobody's surprised because, uh, as far as you know, his ability to produce because he's just such a talent. I mean, the guy's one of the best hitters of our generation. But when 
you're not healthy and there's stuff bothering you and it affects your ability to put the swing on the baseball that you want, it makes it a lot more difficult. But this year, he's been healthy, he's been strong, he's been fresh, and uh, he's been productive. I would have to think, too, that he's been a pretty good resource for Gabe Kapler, hasn't he? And we played a, a clip of Gabe talking about how he is going to watch Logan Webb tonight. And one of the things he said is, well, you know, I'm going to also talk to, uh, I, I'm going to talk to Buster and we're going to talk about velocity and arm angle, thing, thing, things of that nature. So he has been a good resource person for, for Gabe, a, a guy who's experienced in Philadelphia as a manager, wasn't great coming over to an, a new team. Now I know he's familiar to some people in that organization. But I got to think that, man, having Buster Posey there to kind of tap in the shoulder and say, what do you think about this? That, that's got to be a huge asset for a manager. Without a doubt. He, he's mentioned it you know, a handful of times this year that, you know, we saw last year when Buster, you know, took the year off and, you know, albeit it was a 60-game season, there were some, you know, catchers that were here that you, you, you don't know what you got until it's gone type of thing. And, uh, and you, when you start to notice a catcher, that, that's when it's a bad thing. And you started to notice the catching last year. You know, you had some catcher's interference. You saw pitchers stepping off the mound a lot. It wasn't great chemistry between the pitcher and the catcher. Uh, the manager has to worry about that, right? They have to – now you have to coach the catcher. You have to, you have to get everybody on the same page. It, it, and with Buster, he's another manager out on the field. And so you, you don't worry about that. And it, Matter of fact, you lean on Buster. You know, Buster's the guy that's there behind the plate. He's seeing the game um, from his perspective. He's a guy that, you know, obviously he's had a lot of experience back there. He, he's really good at reading hitter swings. Um, he's good at slowing the game down when it needs to be. He's good at going out and talking to the pitcher and saying the right things. And uh, on top of all that, as a pitcher, you just trust the finger she's putting down. If there's ever a doubt, if you're conflicted between a pitch or two, you're going to go with Buster. You know, if it's one of those two pitches that you're, you're conflicted about, Buster throws one of them down, all of a sudden now you have the confidence and conviction in throwing that pitch because you believe that Buster knows best. So without a doubt, not just, you know, being able to lean on Buster, but having Buster be able to buy in to the new coaching staff that they put in place. I mean, a lot of young guys with that whole lot of big age experience, a huge coaching staff. If he didn't have the trust in that veteran crew, talking about Posey, Crawford, Belt, Longoria, Cueto, um, this doesn't work out. And Buster was at the forefront of that of those veterans as far as buying in to what they were preaching. Uh, Craig Albernaz, the bullpen catcher, you know, came in and he got a vote of confidence from Stephen Vote. They were roommates in the minor leagues and good friends. And Vote called Buster and said, "This guy knows what he's talking about." And Buster's actually done some things different this year. He's dropped down to a knee at times when he's catching the baseball, and that's something that you don't do at this point in your career unless you have trust in your coaches and that it's going to actually help you and and it's going to make you better. So without it, without question, Kaplan leans on Buster, but. You know, Buster and the veterans, they had to buy in to, to the, the new age kind of way of coaching. For fans that don't watch Logan Webb as much as you do, first inning, what should fans be looking for that will tell them that Logan Webb's going to have a really good night? You, you can look at, you know, the stuff, is, the, the stuff is electric, but when he does get into trouble, and 
it's happened a couple times this year. It's it's really when he's starting to elevate the baseball. When he's at his best is when he's got he's got a power sinker, a power changeup. It looks just like the sinker, but about you know six to seven mile an hour less than the fastball. It's a lot more depth to it. Comes out of his hand, looks the same. Uh, it's a great two pitch combination, but the difference maker is the slider that he throws, and it, it comes out of the same slot as the fastball. Where the sinker goes one way and the slider goes the other way, and the hitters have to make up their pine what they're going to swing at if they're going to swing at all. But when he's down in the zone or the pitch starts middle down, he's unhittable. And it's when he starts to elevate thigh high where the, the sinker flattens out a little bit, slider becomes a little bit more hittable up in the zone, and obviously the changeup becomes more hittable. So, you know, a lot of times adrenaline will, will lead to elevated stuff. But this kid, he's got ice in his veins, man. I mean, he, he's built for this moment. And you can't say that about a lot of guys, you know, that they, that they thrive in these situations. He wants the ball. He wants to put the team on his back, and he wants to show them that he was the right guy. He was the right guy to pitch not just game one, but if there were a game five. And here it is, game five. Give me the ball and, 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 and get on my back, boys. So, mentally, he's fine. He handles the adrenaline as well as I've seen anybody. And at 24 years old, that's a lot. there's a lot to be said about that. And we, say I got, we saw a guy in Madison Bumgarner here for a long time come up at 21 and handle the heat. And he did it his whole career. The bigger the game, the brighter they shine. And you don't see those guys come around very often. And I'm not comparing Logan Webb to Madison Bumgarner quite yet, but he's got the makings of, 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 a, of a Madison Bumgarner as far as just his mental this is how, how he approaches things mentally and his character. So um, I expect the best out of Logan Webb, but if the, if he does have a time where he's vulnerable, it's when he's up in the zone a little bit. So I don't expect that tonight, but that's what you got to look for in the game is what's the, what the stuff's doing. If, if the stuff's at the bottom part of the strike zone, it, it's going to be really difficult for this Dodger lineup to do anything to in a barrel baseballs. Seventh inning, Giants up a run, runner on second base. Who does Gabe give the ball to? Well, I don't think he brings Kevin Gosman in a situation with a runner on second base, but I think it's the Gosman. It's going to be Webb, Gosman, Doval. Doval will be your – he'll go Doval six outs. He has that much faith in this wow. young kid, power arm. But if you're talking seventh inning, and that's inevitable. I mean, that, Logan Webb hasn't pitched – eight innings all year long. Yeah. And I don't see him going eight innings tonight either. But there will be a situation where you probably, like you said, seventh inning running on base, he gets the ball and, and to get that one out, to bridge the gap to to maybe Gosman, maybe Doval in the eighth. I would say probably he goes with the matchup, but more than likely he goes with Tyler Rogers, the, the side on him. Um, just because that's kind of his, been his, his role all year long. And Kapler has a lot of trust in, in, in Tyler Rogers. The guy leads the league in appearances for a reason and get both righties and lefties out. He's going to come in there and he's going to throw strikes. He's going to induce weak contact. And, and I believe that's the guy that, that, that Kapler will go to in that situation. Now, if it's the eighth inning, eighth inning with a runner on second base, you're going to see the, the – you're going to see – the 102-mile-an-hour fastball swing and miss slider, Camilo Duvall coming in. Sean, when did uh, this Giants year become real? 
Yeah, and what I mean by that is, look, we, we saw them at the start of the year and the halfway through the year, and I think a lot of people kept saying, okay, this is really good, but at some point, it's, it's, at some point it, it's got to slow down. I mean, they ended up winning 107 games, so clearly if it slowed down at all, it didn't slow down that much. When did you get the sense that this team was, was capable of being this good? Was there a, a, a series or a time in the year where you looked at these guys and said, yeah, this is a 100-win team? Yeah, no, you know what? That's a good question because I, I've actually asked players that same question because I wasn't sure. Like, I don't know. I, I, to be honest with you, I wasn't. I wasn't a believer in this team. You know, as being as good as they, you know, they they were all year long. Just be, as far as winning a division, now I felt like that they could they could be a, a solid playoff team. But as far as winning the NL West, because as good as the Dodgers were all year, I I didn't believe it until they beat the Dodgers on a Sunday night, September. It was was, they split the first two games. It was an ESPN game. Walker Buehler was on the mound for the Dodgers, and the Giants haven't been able to do anything against Walker Buehler all year. They beat him a couple times, but it wasn't. They didn't beat Walker Buehler. They got to the bullpen. And they tagged Walker Buehler for six runs in that game, most outing of the year, and they won that series. And after that game, and I know it's late in the season, we're already in early September, we're a month left in the season, that's when I said this team can win the division. Um, as far as being a playoff team, I would say probably around All-Star break, after the All-Star break, you know, I, I, you know the, it just had shown so much consistency in the first half of the season. They had the ability to hit the ball at the ballpark. They led the league in home runs. Their, pitch, their starting rotation was solid. Um, their bullpen was coming together. They had a great bullpen in the first half of the season, but they, they found the arms that they wanted to carry into the second half of the season. I, I thought they were for real you know, around the All-Star break, that they could be a playoff team. But I really didn't start to believe that they could win the division until they beat the Dodgers in that Sunday night game. It was really the last game they played against the Dodgers until the playoffs. And they still had a month to go, and they were able to hold the Dodgers off. They were one game better through 162 games. And now they all have to do is be one game better through a five-game series mm. to, to, to take them into the NLCS. And, and so this, this, this is a huge game for the Bay Area. Giant fans, just with the rivalry, first time they've ever played to get against each other in the postseason. In a game five, this this is the media and the fans' World Series. It's almost going to feel like a letdown if they get through this game and they get they play the Braves in the NLCS because this is what it's all about for Giant fans. Sean, really good of you to join us today. Thanks so much, yeah. man. Terrific insight. Great stuff. Okay, guys, I appreciate it. Take care. Sean Estes, San Francisco Giants studio analyst, former major league pitcher. Um. Interesting, because as uh, Sean was talking about that game, I went back and looked. That night, that Sunday night, they beat Walker Buehler. It was probably Walker Buehler's worst game of the year. And at that point, the Dodgers took over possession of, of first place, and they didn't lose it the rest of the year. It was always a game, game and a half, game, yeah. game and a half. But they never lost it the rest of the year. They beat Walker Buehler. And that's still, and, and this is to, to Sean's point, there's still a month to go. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like they... Won that game, and then the Dodgers collapsed, and the Giants went on to win the game by the, the division by five games. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, again, this gets to something we talked about, about that, and, you know, Alex mentioned it the other day as well. Other than the Astros, who are really good, the teams that are 
in the postseason right now, we're all playing for something to the end of the year. Dodgers, you know, playing playing to beat the Giants, playing to get home field advantage if at some point they were to meet, playing to get out of the wild card, avoid that, all that stuff. Uh, the Red Sox, God, we know what that I means. The Red Sox were life and death to get in. Same thing with the Braves. You know, the Braves didn't get a chance to coast into the playoffs. The Braves had to, it was pedal to the metal the whole time. And, and this just gets back to what I said about baseball's playoff structure and why it's so good. Baseball's playoff structure rewards teams that are playing well at the most important time of the year. It just yeah. does. You, you saw it with the White Sox. You can't flip the switch like that. It's yeah. not going to work. Yeah, well, it's it's all parts of the game. It's playoff at bats. It's it's every pitch matters. It's you, you know you got to go first to third. You can't you can't have dumb base running mistakes and those kind of things. But Camilo Duvall, yeah, he mentioned him going two innings, and he's going to be the the guy that gets the bulk of the the innings that matter the most. That's so like, I, look. That's that. I, I know he throws a hundred, but. Isn't that a lot of pressure to put on a kid? That's, it, he's done I don't it. think it matters really, does it? No, he was the uh, National League reliever of the month in September. He does not appear to care. And, and and let's let's remember what we're talking about here. We're talking about a 24-year-old starter in game five. And we're talking about the guy who's going to get the ball. I think Camille Deval is 23 years old. He's not one of their high this, – this was not a highly ranked prospect. You go mm-hmm. back and look at the preseason rankings. This this wasn't a guy that everybody said, oh, my God, he's he's – uh, he he's going to be the next closer, the next Mariano Rivera. That wasn't the case. That, that wasn't the case at all. It's a guy who worked hard in spring training, worked at the alternate facility, uh, made a couple of mechanical changes. And yeah, he is a guy that you know, we talked about through 104 at, at, at Tacoma, minor league gun, you know, read what you want into that. But even if the gun is out of whack, it ain't out of whack by four miles an hour. And he got his chance. Jake McGee went in the I.L. with an oblique injury. And, uh, you know, away, away this guy went. Um, Gabe Kapler had a funny quote about, about Camilo DeVell. He had 15 scoreless appearances uh, since he beca- when This is in September when he became the closer. Um, he said, if he's throwing strikes, he's going to be somewhat matchup agnostic. Which means that it doesn't matter whether the guy hits left or right or with the middle. Yeah, it, 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 you're you're going to be able to go to uh, Camilo uh, Doval. And if you look at the Giants bullpen, further to what Sean said, it's the only team in baseball history, Kevin. They had six different relievers with 50 plus innings and ERAs under three. <laughs> yeah, it still seems like they got their favor. So it seems like it's Duvall and and Tyler Rogers. Yes, the to, to, side armor, which yeah, makes yeah, sense. The, the submarine yeah. guy, different arm angle, hard, hard to match up against if you're an offensive team. And he, then you give Gosman. Left, get lefties out. That little looks like the elevated fastball right. in because of where he throws it from. He can give you more than one inning. It, you, again, we've talked about this. Gabe's going to have to make a tough decision. Yeah. So but, so's Dave. But it looks like right now the, the plan would be Logan Webb gives you six and whatever. If you take him out and there's a man on base, you go to Tyler Rogers. Kevin Gossman pitches the seventh. And then you turn it over to the Way to the go. kid for the eighth and ninth. Yeah, it's a lot to ask. Well, he doesn't look uh I know a hundred I know a hundred plays this time of the year and a little bit of cold weather, you know, hitters don't wanna they're real fine with their mechanics. So cause you know, you don't want to get jammed, you wanna hit a ball off the end of the bat, but I mean, if you got it, use it. But he does not look in, he does he not doesn't. look intimidated. He, 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 he looks like he is quite comfortable with the idea that he's got a hundred and you can't hit it. Yeah, <laughs> that's how he looks. Yeah, that's how he looks. If you got a hundred, 
and I know I can throw it, and I'm gonna throw it a bunch. And and this is you know you look at you look at the the Giants when they've won World Series, and you look at their closers. Um, you know Rod Beck. This is now going back a bit. Rod Beck, Brian Wilson, Rob Nen. But you got to remember that the Giants also built bullpens out of dudes like Santiago Castillo and Sergio Romo. Yeah, like they've always had that guy who who steps up and is a great postseason closer and is capable of giving you great outings for a couple of years and then just boom, gone. But it yeah, is, it's it's it is remarkable. Twenty four year old it is starter and a guy who was in his early twenties that nobody really again nobody thought thought much of. This isn't a Pearson. This isn't a guy that is a that everybody was trying to figure out what to do with him in the Giants organization. This is a guy nobody really knew about in the Giants organization. 104 will open some eyes, though. That'll that, get you on the on the phone going, what 104? Who's that? And then you start paying a little bit more attention to it. It's it's this this is the biggest game Gabe Cavalier's ever managed. Yep. There's a lot of expectations into that. There, there's a it, there's again, there, there's We've seen it. Even these veteran managers, Tony LaRusso, you know, occasionally once or twice there looked like it was, what do I do? When do I do it? Yeah, the game, I think the game sped up on Tony a couple of times. You could argue. You could say that. You you could say that. And it's not the biggest game he's ever managed. It is for Gabe. How's he going to handle it? Yeah. And uh, everybody's watching. You're the only game in town. No. Yeah, it, it's but quite, quite a, it's a remarkable it's, it, it's a remarkable achievement for a guy who, as I said, was basically run out of run out of Philadelphia. And I think we're starting to see maybe one of the things we've started to see is it wasn't all just the manager in Philadelphia, right? Because Joe Girardi certainly got the pedigree, certainly got the track record. There you go. Joe Girardi wasn't able to get much done with that group. Don't have good pitching. Your team's not going to look real good. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. There you, go. you can have That's Bri- like a bullpen in Toronto. It's nice having Remember that. It's nice having Bryce Harper. But uh hey, you gotta have some pitching. And I and if you don't have the pitching, I don't I don't care if you're Joe Torrey or Jesus or whoever. I mean, if you don't have the pitching, you're not gonna be able to you're not gonna be able to, to pull anything off. Nine oh seven tonight oh. will be the first pitch on Sportsnet. We got you set up. What do you yeah. so what's your call here? What's your call here? I think we both we both want wanted the Giants to go through. What do you think happens tonight? Because I said I haven't this series has kind of confused me. I didn't think I'd see I didn't think I'd see the Dodgers win a game seven two yeah, in this series. I, I to, didn't think I'd I hate to say it's gonna be tough for Logan Webb to beat the Dodgers twice in one series, make him look silly, have 10 strikeouts again. He's gonna have to do that. Can he do that? That's the question. Uh, Dave Roberts has put his lineup on notice. Enough of the big swings, enough of the trying to go back leg off this guy. You're gonna have to zone up. You're a good hitting team. Figure it out. Do it. He's called his team out. He did it. We, we we played it. He said it. Can't do that anymore. They have a lot of talent offensively. I, I just I, I would love to see the Giants and Astros in a World Series. I just think the Dodgers are going to make enough adjustments. I think Urias is going to be good enough. I think Dave Roberts experienced. This is not the biggest game he's ever managed. I think that'll come. Yeah, we haven't talked much about Urias, but he's really good. good. He's awfully he, he, good. He, he's a guy can, that's left-handed can pitch north and south. There's not a ton of those in the big leagues. You got the most left. He's got to pitch east and west. He ain't one of them. He can pitch north and south. He's got deception. He's got late life on his heater. He's got tunneling with the slider or the curveball. 
He can get both sides out. He's not afraid to pitch in. He's not afraid to move feet. He's been there and done it before in, in Oracle Park. I hate to say it. It's a close game, but I think the, the Dodgers are going to win. Pains me to say that. I'm going to stick with the. I'm going to. I'm going to go with the Giants still, even though I. I. I don't have any idea why, really, as I said. But I'm going to. I'm going to go with the Giants. I'm going Vegas, to cheer, Vegas cheer is for ba- the story. It's basically a pick'em game. They got no idea either. You. You look at that. The betting odds. It's a pick'em. Well, this is one of the those rare instances where you look at a game, and as I said, you do go, yeah. There's this game could go either way, uh, and and that, you know, watching watching the Dodgers beat the Giants the way they beat them the last game, that kind of planted a seed of doubt in my mind. I kind of planted a seed of doubt. Any, in my any mind. chance they see we see Scherzer? Two two days rest. Ah, uh, boy, I don't know. That's that's a hell of a question. That's a hell of a question. I, I have no idea. I, yeah, I would think you want to get to the World Series, right? I would think you want to get to the, to get to, or I'm sorry, to get to, to advance. You also want a game one starter. Well, there you go. Although the Dodgers do have options. One less without Clayton Kershaw, but nonetheless, they do have options. That is it for us today. Uh, we will be back tomorrow, same time. You've been listening to Blair and Barker.